The Bite Goes On is up next, but first, check out this other great show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Destination Eat Drink. I'm Brent Peterson, host of Destination Eat Drink, the travel podcast for foodies. And this week, we're talking to Kate Pearson of the B-52s about licorice, drinking collard green juice, and the real-life love shack. Download Destination Eat Drink today on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. All right. Hey, welcome to The Bike Goes On. This is Brian Casey. Of course, with my friend Sandra Bernstein, we are still in isolation, um, hunkered down at home. And we've got, a, uh, we've got a guest on today that, you know, I've wanted to have on for a long time. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that we were able to finally do this. We have Annette White, who um, I've known since I was, I think, 16 years old. Anyone that grew up in Petaluma, you have probably been to one of her family restaurants, um, either, well, I'll let you talk about this, Annette, but I think New York subs, New York subs and Buffalo wings, New York pizza. Um, Bart, my friend Bart, who's on the winemaker podcast, he, he even thought that maybe your mom, um, owned Cafe Giastra. Is that yeah, the- that's true. Um, my mom okay. opened up Cafe Giastra and okay. then sold it to my aunt and uncle when, uh, we all decided to move to Arizona for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I had forgotten about that until yeah. I was looking over your bio and, and noticed that you um, had a restaurant there called Twisted Vine and you guys yeah. were actually a pretty well-known restaurant. And then and then you decided to move back to Sonoma County. But why don't you just tell us, you know, basically your history of your family, because you guys are okay. obviously Italian. Um, yes. <laughs> anyone that spent any time around um, Annette's family, it was definitely an Italian family. And with all the restaurants, the theme was pretty much always the same. So- Okay, wait a second, wait a second. Brian, you are holding back on your history with Annette. Oh. (laughs) And I know you're shaking your head, but we all have pass. And he's glaring at me right now. Nobody can see you glare. (laughs) Sandra is happy to take any opportunity to take digs at me. I do not, I think this is funny. I mean, but it's just like when you think about, uh, okay, here's a good example. Like while we're social distancing and sheltering at home in our quarantines, all these people from our past are coming out. (laughs) I just did a Zoom with 45 campers that I went to camp with when I was nine to 14 years old. And they did a sing-along. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it was insane. I got like a 19-page thing of songs, and I had the worst headache when I hung up because it, they were so tone deaf. So I think it's interesting because you guys were, you know, very good friends because, you know, yeah, so you have history. Yeah, yeah, no, we were, you know, I guess you could say high school sweethearts. We met when we were, I, I think, 16. 16. Yeah. yeah, 16. So you could drive. Um, I remember I was working at Steamer Gold Landing at the time, oh I think. So my first restaurant job where I was, you know, a dishwasher for a couple of weeks and then got yeah. promoted to uh, to a busboy. 
And um, Annette went to Petaluma High School. I, at the time, I don't remember if I was going to either St. Vincent's, Casa Grande, or San Antonio, probably all three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at some point, um, I was getting kicked around a little bit um, from different schools. But, but yeah, we, um, we, I mean, we spent our teenage years, years together. Yeah. And sure. she put up with a lot of crap because I was not a... I was not the perfect child, that's for sure. Um, growing you were up. a rebel. <laughs> he was when very I, sweet, though. <laughs> yeah. Aww. But I think I, I moved out when I was 16, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> so it was a different, um, wow. yeah, was different, um, different um, teenage years than most people. Mm-hmm. And we met, yeah. didn't we meet? We met at the rec dance, the Kenilworth rec dance. Wow. Um, yeah. So they used to have a was it a weekly weekly dance at the Kenilworth yeah. Rec Center? And I, do you remember all those guys from Marin City would come? Um, God, yeah. Uh, I know. Isn't it crazy to like think these things just pop in? You go, oh my God, that's right. Right. Now you're, now you're both married. I know, yep. Brian. You have um, a beautiful daughter, yep. and. I have none. Okay. <laughs> no children. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Annette's got a lot going on right now. Um, <laughs> so okay, go now. We can now that we cleared that up, um, put some perspective. Let's hear about you. <laughs> um, okay, so my family history, as far as restaurants go, is that my mom was born in Italy, and when she came over, um, we came to New York and moved to California when I was like seven, I believe. And she opened up a place called uh, New York Subs, which was on Petaluma Boulevard for 20 some odd years, 30 years maybe. Um, And then she opened up New York uh, Subs and Buffalo Wings. And then she opened up Cafe Jostra. Um, She had Food Bar in Petaluma. And she opened up Sugo Trattoria, which is the restaurant that my husband and I own now. Um, We were living in Arizona at the time and she wanted to retire and she was going to sell it and She asked if we wanted to buy it. And so we decided to move back to California and buy that restaurant And how did you get to Arizona? Why did you go to Arizona? um, Because uh, I was living in Chandler and yeah, we had a restaurant in Scottsdale um, it, because my grandmother had arthritis, she wanted to move someplace warm and like little vagabonds, our whole family followed. So everybody, my aunts, my uncles, we all just moved to Arizona. Um, and then slowly everybody moved back to California. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty fun. I went well, to Arizona State. Oh, did you? Yeah. I lived in Tempe for a couple years. Oh, nice. I used to teach tennis at some of the country clubs in Scottsdale. To teach yeah. tennis? I know it sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so you were, what did you did you grow up playing tennis? Like, did you guys yes. go to a club or something? Yeah, no, I was the captain of our tennis team. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Little I thing never played professional, but I was pretty good. I can hit a pretty good slam, but not okay. anymore. God, I don't think I. Yeah, I did a couple years ago. I played. That was kind of fun, but I would need a lot of work. But anyway, we digress. Yeah, Arizona State. Yeah, that is yeah. a nice, dry, hot place. Yes. Um, and 
yeah, there's some. I good, didn't mind it there. there. Um, just when the opportunity came, we had owned a restaurant in Arizona for a few years, and then we decided to sell it. Um, truth be told, my that was the first time my husband and I were really working together, and so it was a little tricky. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, we've got it. We've got it down now. Um, so we decided to sell it, and then we went. We both went and worked for corporate restaurants. Um, different uh, ones. He worked for the P.F. Chang's Corporation and I worked for Fox Restaurant Concepts mm -hmm. and we learned a lot because I had grown up in mom and pop restaurants. I didn't know what a P&L was, you know, there was like a lot. Um, and so we did that for four years and then we decided that we were ready. You know, that now we have, I don't know, all these skills, more skills to do mm -hmm. this again. And now we've had Sugo for almost 13 years. Wow. Well, and you oh, forgot I'm about so um, at myself. Annette, you, New York pizza. You guys yeah. also had. Yeah. Um, New York pizza. No, it um, it was in Paluma on Washington Street. Yeah. Okay. Just a my family decided they wanted to do a pizza place. I think I was working there when I met you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. No, it's still. I I tell people that smell of pizza dough still yeah. to this day is like a child. You know, some people have that chocolate chip is a chocolate chip cookies are like that childhood smell. Yeah. But for me, pizza dough. I definitely Annette would would she just smelled like pizza dough pretty much all the time. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing, but okay. It's true though, right? I mean, you, yeah. Totally true. Yeah, I mean, when you're in a family like that, you work at the family restaurant. Oh, um, always, always, yeah. yeah. And then at some point you opened up a little boutique um, yes. clothing store too, which I just remembered this morning. Yeah, because, you know, you're grown in the restaurant business and then I wanted to rebel a little bit and I'm like, I'm never going to be in the restaurant business. I am not following my family's footsteps. Um, so I did graphic design for a little while and then I opened up a little boutique um, for a couple years and then realized that restaurants, once it's in your blood, it's hard to get it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And kind of went down that route. And then does your, does your brother Johnny still have a restaurant as well? No. So he had, so after, this is a lot of jumbled storytelling, but um, yeah. so after Sugo, my mom was going to retire. She sold us that restaurant. She then got bored six months later and right. opened another restaurant called Blue American Eatery and sold that to my brother about a year and a half after that. And so he had it and he just, um, he sold that and moved to Georgia. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And he's still there? in georgia yeah yeah okay yeah and then my mom she was going to retire again when she sold it to him and then opened up another restaurant called food bar um which is right next door to where della patria is yeah. oh okay and then oh, right, della right. bought it yeah <laughs> I, I actually <laughs> no i remember seeing them one day it must have been ooh, five years ago or something i used to take my daughter to mcnear park um, yeah. once in a while to just to go play at the park that I used to play at and then we walked downtown and ended up running into your parents um, in there it used to be Perry's wasn't it yeah yeah I think yeah that's exactly where it was it used to be Perry's yeah. Um, yeah. So now they are retired okay and your mom at some point was was she just running for city council or was she as uh, was she actually on the council or a supervisor she was or something on city council and then she ran again and didn't make it yeah this was a that was many years ago oh my god was, i barely is, even remember that what is your maiden name slowick my mom's maiden name is pizzuti and then my maiden name is slowick my dad was polish 
Okay. Or still is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then her and then her last name was Shea for a while because of yeah. your stepdad. Stepfather. Yes. Right. And now okay. my last name is White. <laughs> very simple. Very, very American. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and then at some point, like, and I didn't realize this in, until I had done some research research on you, that you had had some health issues and mental issues dealing with um, um, fear and anxiety. Yes. And so it, um, why don't you, I'll let you yep. talk about it and let okay. it, you know, how you started this whole bucket list journeys. Yeah, um, probably in my 20s is when I started to get anxiety, a lot of anxiety. Um, and so I would end up in the emergency room and I, always thought I was dying and I would have panic attacks and tunnel vision and all those things. And I had a really um, hard time controlling it. Um, but there was like one morning that, I don't know, I was like on my bedroom floor and just curled up in a ball crying. And I looked at myself and I'm like, what are you doing? Um, this isn't who you want to be. This isn't the life you're meant to lead. You cannot continue this route. So I made two promises to myself on that day. And one was to never let fear make my decisions for me. And the second one was to start living my bucket list. Mm. And basically those two decisions completely changed my life. So after that, I started a blog called Bucket List Journey. And yeah, it's been fantastic. <laughs> well, had, I mean, were you diagnosed with some sort of, with, what was the schizophrenia or was No, that? no, nothing like that. I would um, diagnose with anxiety every time. I went to the neurologist, I went everywhere and everybody said, you have anxiety. Um, but I, would, I didn't believe them. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way. This really is, thought like, it was you worse. Feel, yeah, well, and you feel like it's a physical thing because I don't know, your heart flutters and you're shaky and you feel like you're vibrating from the inside out. There's a lot of things that go on or that your mind creates inside of your body. So it felt so real that I didn't want to believe. But finally, I mean, I had to because I had every single test and I'm like, maybe I do have anxiety. Maybe this anxiety thing is real. <laughs> and, yeah. And so I started reading a lot about it and I, um, of course, I didn't want to take medication because I was afraid of taking medication. So, well, and is that I, what all the doctors pretty much wanted to do? Yeah, yeah. They they all said we can prescribe you something, and I'm like, uh, uh, because I'm afraid to take anything. So, um, I created sort of a plan for myself. And one of the big things besides the starting to live my bucket list, which um, helped with my fears, because I was consistently stepping out of my comfort zone, and every time I did that made me stronger. So that was one of the things that helped me the most. Um, but I also tried to retrain my brain to think positive thoughts instead of negative thoughts. So every time I'd have a negative thought, which was all day long, <laughs> um, I would write it down and then write the positive thought after that. And then after a while, you started to notice that it was changing the way I was thinking. I wasn't having to write as much. <laughs> I didn't have writer's cramp. Um, and yeah, and that was probably maybe 10, 12 years ago. Um, that takes a lot of self-discipline. Yeah. I was in a not good spot though. Like <laughs> I didn't want to live like that anymore. I had like, I had always been a motivated person. I had dreams and goals, but I was afraid to do anything. 
Um, so I just didn't want that anymore. And so I had to do something and this is, you know, what I tried and it worked. Was there anything that like triggered that? Do you think tr like something you that- know, I don't, Yeah, I don't think there was like a, no, I don't think there was like one event that it happened. I feel like maybe I had always been a little insecure, you know, in myself and um, I don't know, my family life was, you know, sometimes dysfunctional. So that could have been a little part of it. Um, I don't, there wasn't like one event. It was just something that, I don't know. Just and I first. still, it doesn't go away. You know, you still right. have it. You just learn how to control it better. Right. So now I'm very good at if, you know, recognizing it, because that's one of the first things you need to do is recognize, oh, this is just anxiety. I do not need to go to the emergency room. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and then my brain works in such a different way um, now than it used to. So. You make that sound so, yeah. I mean, you make it sound so easy, like one day you just got to do that, but you didn't have yeah. any, like, you, no. There wasn't like a mentor that you looked at or there wasn't, you didn't have a therapist helping you with that. You just no. decided on your own that you were just going to yeah. change your life. And I, I am, I will never say it was easy. It was really, really hard. Um, but I read everything I could get my hands on. I watched programs. I, I did whatever I could and just used some of the tools that they gave me, but I continued to do it. Um, I'm a pretty disciplined person though, in general, that's probably, you know, why I've been able to do all the things that I've been doing. Um, so it was difficult, but once my mind was set on it, I, it's what I wanted to do. So. Well, and for you travel, was that something, I mean, I remember you taking a trip to Italy when, when we were kids, you yeah. went to Guglio Nessi. Is that where you're? Oh my gosh. That, right? You have such a good memory. Yeah. It That's was my grandma, uh, my grandma's hometown. So I went with her. That was my first international trip ever. My grandma took me yeah. for a month. Yeah. And so that must have somehow planted a seed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had always wanted to travel. I, I just had always been afraid to travel. I mean, I remember going on one of my first trips to Costa Rica and just being terrified the whole time. Everything scared me, you know? And I have realized the more you do something, the easier it gets. And so I, I've always been afraid of flying, you know? But the more I do it, the more I understand the noises of flying and the turbulence of flying. You just have to continuously do something um, so the fear gets a little bit less, so. Yeah. Yeah, what about public speaking? I hate it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean that's that's we'll my big one i hate we'll getting it, up but... in front of a bunch of people but i mean flying yeah. for me i've always had this sort of ability to take take myself out of my body um but not when you're the one like if you're up in front of people you can't do that but if i'm in a room of people yeah. or if i'm on a plane or if i'm in, on a roller coaster or something i can always sort of remove myself from my body and realize okay this is only going to last so long most likely i'm going to survive um, yeah. But, um, but yeah, something like public speaking where you actually have to talk, I'm still terrified. I'm terrified. And that's why I know that I have to continuously do it because it is something I always ask myself. It's like, is it something you'd want to do if you weren't afraid? You know, yeah. because there's some things you just don't want to do. And I'm like, I'm fine with that. I really have no desire to bungee jump. I just. Bullfighting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but if it's something that I want to do or, um, and it's fear is holding me back, then I force myself to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you decide you're going to 
come up with this list and and how yeah. to like what what does that day look like where you literally start writing stuff down um it looks like you're sitting at a desk and it, i don't <laughs> I wonder if, I don't even know if we had computers. Yeah, we had computers at that time, but I don't think I was really writing on computers and stuff. So I just hand wrote a list of some of the things that I knew that I wanted to do or places that I wanted to go. And it started with maybe, I think the first thing I did was like learn how to ice skate backwards. So I took, I started taking ice skating classes, um, just little things uh, that I'd always wanted to do, but kind of been afraid to do. And it was like- Wait, is this at the Charles Schultz skating yes. rink? Okay. Yeah. 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 They have adult classes there. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, I, I remember seeing my, my grandparents would come visit when I was a kid and um, they grew up in Ohio so and Canada. So everyone ice skated and everyone yeah. lo loved hockey, which out here, we didn't know anything about hockey. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious <laughs> that they would come here and they'd want to go ice skating. And we'd go and, you know, I'd be stepping one step at a time. And my grandpa, who at the time was, you know, he's got to be in his 50s, he looked like a ballerina out there on the <laughs> ice. And he could do that. He could skate backwards, holding hands with my grandmother, you know, doing little flips and turns and right. stuff. I thought, how do you do that stuff? Well, if it, you know, but he'd been doing it since he was a little kid. Yeah. That, I, I have a whole new appreciation for Olympic ice skaters because it is so hard. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, was really, that, it was really fun. Okay, so then your first travel. Yeah. What's the first trip that you decided? Oh, okay, wait, 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 okay. wait, wait, wait. So I'm on your website right now, and I'm looking at your bucket list. Yeah. And I am trying to scroll all the way down to the bottom yeah. because there are. <laughs> Goes on. Oh my God. A lot. Oh my God, 1,143 things that you want to do. Yeah. Are only the red ones the ones that you've done? No, the ones that are, um, there's a little like star icon. Uh-huh. Ones that are filled in black are the ones that I've done. Holy crap. And the ones that are still clear are the ones that I'm still going to do. Hey, Sandra, why don't you give the web address so that people can actually, while they're listening to this, can actually go on. Yeah, it's at bucketlistjourney.net with backslash my hyphen bucket hyphen list. Okay. Um, this is incredible. Um, I mean, I just don't know how you have the time. Mm. I, I know like doing a restaurant, I know yeah. how much time that's taken over the last yeah. 23 years. I, and I travel, but yeah. I, I don't know how you do this. How do you do this? <laughs> um, I think like in the beginning when we first had the restaurant and I knew I wanted to travel and do all this, um, I spent a lot of time and years setting up systems so that things would be more black and white for all of our employees um, so that it could run without me being there and without my husband being there. Uh, it took years and then I remember like the first afternoon my husband and I decided we'd go to lunch or something, you know, and we're like, okay, we're going to leave for lunch, the lunch shift, we're going to leave, you know, and when that, when we came back, we figured out what went wrong, what went right, and how do we fix what went wrong, so we continuously did that until finally um, I'm able to leave, I can probably leave for almost a month, actually, I was just in Vietnam for a whole entire month, wow. and my husband can come with me for probably about two weeks, and we, we feel okay about it, he gets nervous after two weeks, though. He's like, I got to go back. 
Who knows? Who they're, they're running amok over there, the staff. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. So do you get invited to these places now? Yeah, um, this, it's changed a lot over the years because now Bucket List Journey is a career for me. Um, I get invited or I, I partner with different people. So I will partner with a hotel or I'll partner with a tourism board or a tour guide or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we work out some sort of, you know, deal for the both of us. Um, and yeah, that's how it, it goes now. So mm. rarely now am I traveling just um, for leisure. Mm -hmm. It's still so much fun. I, I hate to even say that. But uh, most of the time I'm partnering with some sort of company. Yeah, it was funny when I was talking to Bart this morning because he grew up in Petaluma and I said, oh, yeah, we're having, a, you know, Annette on the show. And he said, oh, yeah, she does that bucket list journey thing. He said, you know, I think I think she must come from money um, because <laughs> because I see her going on all these trips. And I said, Bart, I can tell you that I don't think that's the case. No, and oh, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people. Um, I think they think two things. One, that Sugo, because it was my mom's, that they gave it to us. Right. So not true. I think they charged us double. Yeah. <laughs> like, we paid for that thing for 10 years, okay? <laughs> no. Um, and when I started this bucket list, I, we had no money. It was like in the recession. We had the restaurant. We had rental properties. We were losing our butts. It was scary. Um, but I just started doing little things that were cheap or free or close to home. Uh, and now, yeah, I, it's not that I have, I mean, yes, now I, I make money doing this. Um, but I'm partnering with people. It's most of the time it's work related. And have you ever been on a cruise in it? Yeah. You I'm have. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Are you gonna, here you go. Talk about somebody who wants to dig somebody else. Wait, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> I just, I just, I have this thing against cruises. I've always yeah. had this thing against cruises and Sandra actually does these cruises where she goes on, you know, people go on to go on a cruise with her. Um, and it, oh, yeah. I, I think it's the craziest yeah. thing. I've always said that these things were petri dishes, and so now it's like as this yeah, is all yeah. going down, I'm like, see, yeah. I told you. Yeah. So whatever, Brian. I mean, the times that I did it, I never was a petri dish, um, <laughs> and now I don't think I would do it for a while. Yeah. yeah. I feel horrible for the cruise ship companies, though. I mean, I do too. The, the thing that I liked about cruising, and I never in a million years thought that I would like that, was the fact that you could be like, I did a cruise to Vietnam, um, started in Hong Kong, Hong Kong, ended in Singapore, and went to these amazing places. But at the end of the day, I went back to my nice bathroom and took a hot shower and like felt like a real person for you know slept really well and then could go journey again and um you know i think sometimes my anxiety about travel is to be just somewhere you go oh my god um is there going to be a bathroom anywhere you know am i going to find food am i going to get mugged you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. all these things and there there's something about i think you know I, I i on my bucket list is doing one of those train trips on those really nice trains um, like for yeah. Belmont or something like that, that would be awesome. But I don't think I could travel like I would 
have when I was in college. Yeah. I think I was so much freer to do stuff like that. I don't, I don't believe there's any right or wrong way to travel. It's yeah. how, you know, everybody feels or their comfort level or what. Yeah. And I understand the cruising. I liked cruising because you do, you have your room. Right. And so you have all your stuff. You only unpack once. Once. So exactly. There's, That's there's some great things about it, though. I do like the yeah. smaller cruises. I've done a lot yes. of river, river cruises and that's yeah, a little too. bit. Yep. Yeah. Little bit I've never been on a ship that has more than 800, 900 people. Yeah. I couldn't handle that. I mean, yeah. those big, big ones are, that's insane to me. Yeah. Well, see, for us, that's the one that, that we would have to end up going on because, because, because I have an 11 year old that loves water slides and all that kind right. of stuff. So we would have to go on one of those monster <laughs> cruise ships that, you know, that you basically don't have to leave. I even saw one the other day. I saw a commercial. They had a, a racetrack on the on the ship i know like, yeah it's so crazy yeah so insane but but you know i mean i guess like when the world opens up you know i mean god we're talking about things that are so luxurious at the time known as covid19 quarantine i mean i long for when we can travel again yeah i just um you know you realize that I mean, especially like you, you're doing it for, you know, your career and your love and everything. It's like to be stuck and go, wow, you know, when can I get on a plane again? Or will I ever go on a ship again? Or will I ever go to China? You know, like things that you want to do. And it's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, so crazy. Well, Lynette, were you in Vietnam when this all started? I was, yeah. So when it first started, um, so... Vietnam was, I was there for a month. I had booked an Airbnb. It was the first time in a few years that I wasn't working and it was my birthday um, and I was 50. So it was my 50th birthday. So it was a big deal. Um, so I booked an Airbnb, invited all my friends and that is when it started. But it wasn't in the States or anything like that. It was, you know, but everybody in Vietnam was taking temperatures and we had to wear masks and all that. Huh. So, yeah, so then I came home and then I went to Europe. Oh my God. Um, yeah, and so we were in Portugal, my husband and I, um, and we were lucky to get a flight out. Like, I took a picture of the board where it said canceled, 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 canceled. And I'm like, oh, don't cancel our flight. We need to go home. So, yeah. Well, so this is like that week that President Trump said he was going to start shutting down the. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So then you guys just got on the, the... Yeah, we tried to get an earlier flight. Um, I was working uh, with a, a company at the time, so it was hard because I was trying to finish up what I was doing. Um, but I said, I'm going to go home a day early if I can. They wanted to charge us like $1,500, even oh, though they said, yeah, they said no penalties. Yeah, no penalties, but they charge you for the up rate. And I'm like, you should just charge me the penalty because it's cheaper. Um, so we decided to wait one more day. Um, we were in Porto and I love Porto, but it was, there was nobody like the streets were oh. vacant and wow. nobody was in our hotel. Like it was, it oh was crazy. So we were grateful that that next day when our flight um, was to happen, there was no problem. So we just went on. It was, it was great. So thank God that we made it home. Did you have to self-quarantine when you got back? Yeah, yeah, it was a recommended. So they give you a health check um, when you got back off the plane. Uh, it was a recommended 14-day 
you know, quarantine, which we did, which was pretty difficult since we have a restaurant that we had to get back to. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah. And of course, you know, the dynamic of running a restaurant right now is changed so much so we had to get systems in place and still not be there and yeah so yeah. what are you doing yeah we are doing um just curbside takeout like mm -hmm. a lot of people uh for lunch and dinner is what we're doing um well yeah. how does that work with your so with your employees is it just you and peter that are doing it or do you you so you have employees that are currently working we have employees that are currently working um yeah, it's, it's hard because we, we understand some people don't want to work and that's fine. A lot of employees are not working at this moment for us. Um, but there's some people who actually need to work, you know, right. that this uh, check, you know, the $1,200 check and unemployment isn't going to cut it for them. And those are the people I feel bad for. And those are the ones we want to stay open for, you know, like to make sure that um, they can pay their rent and all that. So we have a very skeleton crew working right now um and we have all the systems our place i should i should video it it's like it's got all the signs and you can only and the little markers where you can stand if you do come in and it has everything all set up wow. um, but it's been a whole new learning curve to figure out uh, how to still run a business this way so well are you guys yeah. actually making money or are you basically just breaking mm -hmm. even at this point or are you losing money we're probably losing money yeah um yeah we're probably losing money so yeah i mean i i'm having such a hard time with this whole thing right now i mean obviously there's a lot to have a hard time with but um i had the worst feeling like on march 10th 11th i mean around there the news was happening more um we were supposed to go to vegas i think I think March 11th and 12th for a conference and we're like, forget it. We're not going. We were really wavering. Should we go? Should we not? And I was like, well, I'm not scared of getting sick. I don't want to get stuck in Las Vegas. That's not where I want to be. Right. And um, so we decided to cancel and it was like the one company that didn't do any refunds. Um, they didn't decide to do it virtually online, you know, where, which would have been awesome. And, you know, it's like, whatever, it's our decision. It's they're, they're doing what they need to do. But the 15th, I really was getting nervous and I'm like, that's it. I want to be done. Someone had called me and said, I saw one of your employees grab the silverware from the wrong end. And I think that's really bad. And at this time, it's really bad. And I'm like, I was horrified. I was embarrassed. I was horrified. And I was like, okay, we have 160 employees that I can't control their every move. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, even with people's best intentions, yeah. um, stuff happens. You don't think, you get stressed, you're in the moment, all these things. And I'm like, how can I be responsible? And how can I be responsible for the people, like even what you're saying, that don't want to work? Um, and at that time, they were working because they needed the money. They had to work. There was no choice in it. And when I pulled the plug and said, that's it, we're closing, it opened it up for them to collect unemployment. So there was no judgment on people that were scared to work but were coming anyway. It was like it gave permission. Yeah. And then it was almost permission granted when California said, okay, dining rooms are closed, shelters, you know, in place. 
And so we took the week and we thought about stuff and we shut everything down. We like went to, you know, just, I mean, obviously we, at first we just laid off the staff and said, here are the unemployment, start, you know, collecting, get in the system. Then we were like shutting down our bills, figuring out a payment plan, dealing with landlords, all of this yeah. stuff. And just to say, okay, we're going to stop the bleed of the cash. And then um, after a week of doing this, and one of the things was our workers' comp insurance, which people forget about, we said, look, this is our payroll now. It's, it's close to zero. So we don't want to be paying on right. 160 people and hopefully get a, you know, a refund at the end of the year. We need the money now. So we did all those things. And then a week later, we decided, oh, maybe we should be doing something for the community. Maybe, you know, if we did it really safe. And so we did it for a week and we did curbside and, you know, we have our catering kitchen where there's a nice driveway and we could set up a tent with a table and, you know, no contact delivery. Right. And I still felt really uncomfortable and yeah. just all the moving parts. And I, I don't judge anybody for doing what they need to do right now because everybody's situation is different. Mm -hmm. But I worry about small businesses that are doing this and hopefully just, and I get it, I get it, but like the money's going to stop. And if you're not like breaking even or, you know, but, and I say that, but now the SBA loan is out and hopefully everybody is applying for it. And that, that's a game changer for everybody. Yeah, it really is. So I don't know. So we shut down after a week. Yeah. We had a phenomenal week and people were amazing and great, and whatever. And I was just like, I can't do it. I mean, we're doing food right now for Sonoma Family Meals and a lot of the nonprofits and it's less people, it's less moving parts, it's one pickup. So I feel a little bit better, but I am trying to be really open-minded because if this goes for the next five, six months and it could, yeah. You know, we, I don't think we can sit back for that long. You know, how do we do that? Yeah. I know when it was first just the two weeks, we were like, well, let's close and it's, it's fine. And then when it extended for another month, we're like, wait a minute, we got to figure out what we're going to do. Right. Um, and I know everybody's in the same boat. It's like yeah, totally. the, all the employees totally. are kind of in the same boat, you know, especially restaurant employees. So I don't know. We just worry about too when it what it's going to look like when everything comes back up and running, which, like you said, could be right. six months or so. You know, how many employees will we have lost? Or right. I don't know. how how is that going to all work? So it has. I yeah, it's been a difficult decision to stay open, right. and it's a difficult decision to close. And it's you don't know what to do because this is like uncharted territory. So I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think anybody's right or wrong. I really yeah. don't. I just think that people have to be comfortable. And it's the same thing I say to guests. It's like, you know, when people say, do you think it's safe to go eat there to get their food to go? And it's like, well, it's kind of like your farmer. You know, you want to know your farmer to know how they're farming. You know, it doesn't matter if they're organic or not organic, but you kind of want to know that person. And yeah. it's kind of the same about the restaurant. You know, if you feel really good that they're going to protect you. And that's a lot about loyal clientele and people, you know, that trust you. 
But the other thing I find so, so difficult right now is finding the space to be creative, to have that blank, empty, go, okay, this is my, you know, 40-year-old self, you know, just starting out in business saying, what would be, this is the deal, what would I do? How would I make money if this is the landscape? You know, if this was the landscape and I was looking at the business, would I want to be in this business? Probably not, you know, (laughs) but I can't even create the space to figure out what business it would be. Right. So that's a, you know, that, that's the tough thing. And it's like, it would be so nice to be able to talk to a bunch of restaurateurs and just really go back and forth and, you know, look at things that are working that are not working and, you know, and again, until more and more people go out, it's better that there's less so that at least the people that are staying open can make that money. You yeah. know, I mean, if everybody was open in Sonoma, what would everybody be doing? 10 meals a day? Yeah, you know, exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Right. It's uh, tough. Yeah. It commends you. Uh, you know, and you're employee- I know. I mean, we don't know, like, we don't know if we're making the right decision. We don't know what, you know, we're just trying to figure it out along yeah. the way, just like everybody else. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no rule book. We didn't get any, but it yeah. just sounds like you're so organized and, you know, putting things in place. And I haven't left my house since really March 15th because yeah. I'm truly susceptible to like catching anything, right. but um, it's very hard to like be sitting here and, you know, t- making sure the kitchen staff are actually wearing masks while they're making right very gloves and i'm like i'm counting on you guys because i can't watch yeah you know and so i'm you know need to do this it's really crazy it's crazy are you offering your whole menu yes wow a whole menu um yeah and then we're doing like just specials i mean we're not i i don't want anybody think for one if anybody doesn't want to work for us at this time we have all said do not come in we are fine with it um there's just people that do want to work and um yeah and and i don't know like i said we're not doing it for the money because we're not making any money be better for us to close um we're doing it more for the employees but then at some point maybe that's not going to be worth it too so we we just don't know yet yeah (laughs) i mean my friend saw who has cafe la Yeah, yeah. He's been open and he is doing to go five nights a week, pretty much their whole menu, though it changes every day because they're just not getting everything in every day and they don't have a walk in, they don't have storage. Um, But he is determined to keep his every single person he's he only has one person not working on his team. He only has like 11 people total. But, you know, he has been able to figure this out and he's doing okay. And, you know, also sounds like he's serving a really quality product that's making it, you know, to people's homes and they put it on a plate and they're really happy about it. Yeah. And I, um, yeah, I think it's, I think the smaller businesses have a better way right now if they can have some volume. Right. Well, and, and like you said, Sandra, with the with the farms and with the local purveyors, I mean, what would they be doing if these guys weren't open right now? I know, you know, Jim Reichardt at, um, you know, at, um, Liberty, the Liberty Ducks, you know, um, 
I know when this all went down, he had something like 20,000 ducks. 20,000. Jennifer ready. was like, oh my God, I got 20,000 ducks. Yeah. And you people know? that are, you know, this is spring. This is when stuff starts right. coming out of the ground. Like what's happening with all right. that stuff? Right. If the restaurants aren't open, if people can't um, go to the farmer's markets and, um, you know, how many people are going to stores or using the Instacart or whatever. But mm -hmm. I mean, this is this is sort of the time when, when we're supposed to be supporting our local farmers too. And right. uh, CSA, I keep saying CSA. I'm getting an amazing CSA from Kicking Bull Farms. It's beautiful. Yeah, we looked into that the other day because I had to go to the store the other day and you know, we have all kinds of stuff in the freezer and the fridge, but what what we're can, having to continually go to the store for is fresh fruit and vegetables. So we I looked into CSAs the other day too. A lot of them are um, at capacity right now. Oh. Um, Wow. And then um, a lot of them in our area do deliveries to Santa Rosa and Petaluma. But for me, I'd actually have to go at a, to a pickup spot. Did you call Terra Firma Farms? Uh, I think that was, Petaluma? yeah, I think that was one of them that we looked into. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and they, and the other thing with them too, is you're, you're getting what you get. So, right. You know, we have certain like carrots, bell peppers, romaine lettuce. There's certain things that you know we <laughs> eat a lot of. So, so if daikon radish and and yeah. uh, and some other things showed up, you know, I I know what to do with them. But I don't know that everyone <laughs> else is is like is really excited about eating those things. <laughs> so, so actually, like back to um, bucket list. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even scratched the surface there. With no, I know. <laughs> And like, what do you have like a favorite place like the, you know, I mean, there's so many, I guess it's hard to pick out a favorite, but I guess something that you've done that you would recommend for other people to do. Yeah, I mean, I've been very, very fortunate to have had some amazing experiences. Um, some things that are like surreal is I feel like most people should go on an African safari. I was just in Tanzania um, a few months ago, and uh, there's just something about it that's really amazing to be able to see the wildlife. Um, same thing with Galapagos Islands, because uh, there's species of animals there that you don't get to see anywhere else in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I went piranha fishing in Guyana. Uh, and Wait, so what, is that, what does that mean? That means you're actually you're trying to catch piranha? Yes. <laughs> they make, um, so they made us fishing poles out of a stick, like a tree, and then they had a little line, and um, yeah, you catch piranhas, and then we ate them. So we got to cook them. Those experiences wow. like that I love, like you catch your fish, and then you get to go and barbecue it <laughs> on a handmade little barbecue in, you know, the um, forest. So. Right. Like How that. many times have you been to the doctor to get shots before you go on trips? Only once. Really? Oh. Was that for Africa? Yeah, um, I went to Africa for the first time maybe six years ago, and I got all my shots then, and they last for 10 years, so I didn't have to go this last time. Um, okay. Yeah, so just, just wow. once so far, but I'm probably due in a couple more years if I go somewhere else like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is so incredible. You know what's funny, what I just thought about, I just had another flashback from childhood. So, cause I was thinking about being in Vietnam and being on scooters. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, you used to have a scooter. I did. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> your, your memory is really good. I did, I had a little uh, black scooter, I remember. Yeah, yeah so you had experience on the scooters. Did you do yeah, that when you were in Vietnam? Do you 
Um, I did not drive my own, but we did do a street food tour on a scooter. So you rode on the back of a scooter, which is pretty iconic thing to do in Vietnam is yeah. to ride on a scooter, but it's a little terrifying. Uh, so yeah. yeah, so we did a street food tour and they took us to all these uh, little, little places and it was really amazing. It was one of the best experiences. Were, were the people that were riding this, were all women in full garb? Um, it was not all women, but it was, uh, mostly women and one man, I think. And they were in, not in full garb, like. Traditional. No. No. Okay. Yeah. That's what we do. No masks. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was so incredible. Like we did, we did the same thing and I had people with us. So I had a group of people that I was schlepping around which I had no idea, could not speak the language, like arrange for drivers. Um, oh you know, we almost missed the ship one day because the driver couldn't understand. I'm like, go fast, go fast. And everybody <laughs> was like white knuckles because he wouldn't drive over 25 miles an hour. We're like, we're never going to get back. That's the one <laughs> thing about cruising in Vietnam. Everything is so far from where the ports are yeah. that it's like you could spend half the day in a van. But um, but we did. I found a really cool company. They wear their full ceremonial white silk dresses. Oh, no, and back, you're on the back of a thing. And they took us to these crazy food, street food. Like there was one that it felt like we were at a drive-in movie theater mm-hmm. and everybody was on these really low, low, low stools. And you yeah. are, you know, they're helping feed you. You know, they keep bringing you more food and showing you this and try. Oh my God, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Isn't it interesting? I think probably some of the best experiences are either over food or animals. Yeah, nature of some sort yeah. and food. Yeah, yeah. I think because it just creates some sort of experience. You know, it's like. Even with dining, we all know is like it's not just about the food, but it's about right. the whole experience that goes with it. Right, so. and that's part of the problem now too, because what experience can we really share right now? Yeah, you know, you're sharing a thing of food, and what yeah. else is there? The personality goes away. Right. Um, so, have you ever taken people with you? Have you ever been like the tour guide? No, um, and have no desire because. all right Um, fair enough yeah (laughs) i I just think it'd be really hard um it is very hard yeah to make sure everybody's having fun and to make sure uh, yeah and what if people don't get along you know i've been on tour groups where you know two of the people don't get along and you're with them for a week i'm like this ain't fun so no i don't want to be that person so kudos to you yeah yeah (laughs) We no, have. that's. A, I think traveling alone is. I'm, I I remember going yeah. to to Spain and France and just having a backpack and every day you woke up and you decided where do I want to go today. Mm-hmm. I, can, you know, my mom struggles with that when she goes to Hawaii every year because she she likes to bring someone because she wants to have some companionship, but then also you have to, 
you're not you're always having to compromise something that you want to do with yeah, something other sure. people want to do and i right. can imagine going to other countries is even even more yeah. where you're like oh, i really want to go to that waterfall today and they're like well i don't really i'm not really into hiking yeah exactly exactly <laughs> well that's yeah. part of it <laughs> that's why i love traveling solo um because you get to do yeah. whatever you want you know so it's nice to have I, my ideal would be to have a few days that where you're all by yourself and then a few days where somebody comes and, you know, to hang out with you and do some other things. But Now, do you have a goal to hit like every country? No, not, not really a goal to hit every country. I just, I don't know. I just have a goal to just keep having new experiences, I guess, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's continuing to check things off my bucket list, but I just love the new experience going to new places, trying a new restaurant or I don't know, participating in a new tradition, whatever it may be. I just love that. So. And do you like, do you see stuff sometimes like you read a magazine or you see something on TV and you go, Ooh, I've never thought about that. All the time. So that's how you yeah. kind of come up with the ideas sometimes? Yeah, 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 for sure. And then, and that's why my bucket list is so long because I don't want to limit myself. I want to do everything. Um, and some people, their bucket list might be 20 items and that's totally fine. Um, yeah. But if I see something or hear about something and I'm in the travel world too, so I hear a lot of different people doing a lot of different things. I'm like, I'm adding that. I want to do that. So Right. What about getting into a wingsuit? No. Oh into a wingsuit do they jump on like base jumping kind of yeah, right hell no okay one of those um where you go into one of those huts and you take hallucinogenics oh oh ayahuasca taking, yeah i mean I, I i wouldn't mind like the purification ceremony in a hut thing but i don't i don't know about hallucinogenics <laughs> <laughs> I, I would not, it's on I would my not bucket say, list. I would say, I'm like, I'm not going to yeah. say if I would do that or not. <laughs> no, it's on my bucket list. I want to do yeah. like the, uh, totally what, you know, I want someone to watch over me and the whole like thing. A like a shaman. You oh, want to go yeah. out into the jungle and, and maybe take like ayahuasca a or. No, maybe a doctor. Well, there are no doctors out there. Yes, that, there you're, the, the, shaman, the shaman is the doctor. It's yeah. Dr. Shaman. Right. <laughs> So you'd be taking like DMT or something and, and... No, I would be doing it based on the new research that's happening right now. There's Which a is... lot of research at like hmm. John Hopkins, some serious stuff. So okay. I want the medically, I want that one. I don't want the wild one. And the research you're talking about, is this like helping with PTSD or people with everything. anxiety issues? Exactly. This everything, is... yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about... So the other thing that blows me away about you, Annette, is your social media presence. Um, first off, your Instagram, and your Instagram is bucket list journeys, correct? Journey. 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 Not plural, yeah. Um, your feed is so beautiful. Thank I mean, you. really intentional, curated, and beautiful. But I don't say that. It's not like... There's some beautiful ones out there, but they look really um, contrived. Yours looks so authentic and it's gorgeous. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Really. You spend a lot of time. I worked hard on that. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. That's actually something that, that you do on your, I think I noticed on your website is you will teach people how to take photographs. Um, 
I believe like I have maybe a post on it. I don't want to okay. totally focus on that because yeah. um, I don't. I I I really want to focus and create a brand around bucket list. But I think it is very valuable for people to know how to um, curate a feed and and what sort of things to post right. and okay. how to get following and all those things. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm gonna have to read that one. <laughs> and, and even the Pinterest. I mean. Pinterest is like, do you, where do you feel like you get your most traction from? Like what? Um, my, everything that I do is to get people to go to my blog. So that's, I mean, whatever I'm doing, I, I want them to go to my blog and I get the most traction right now from Google search engine because oh. I SEO all my posts so that they're search engine friendly. Um, so that's number one. Pinterest is pretty good. If I do Facebook ad on a post, it'll, it'll do well. Um, Instagram, you don't get a lot of referrals that way, but when I work with companies, they want uh, Instagram presence. So right. I keep that up for that reason. So when you're, when you're, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, she keeps her Instagram, you know, that has a hundred thousand followers. <laughs> exactly. she, she keeps it up, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, um, but so, oh shoot, I just forgot. Um, oh, that's me every day. <laughs> yeah, but so monetizing, monetizing all of this, you yeah. are driving people back to the blog. Yes. But I don't see any advertising. Yeah, there is advertising. So um, as far as like making money goes from bucket list journey, I do it in several different ways. One is through advertising. Um, I try to be a little discreet about how many ads they place. I could make more money if I place more ads. I don't want to do that. Um, I but also what, do, are they, what are people buying? Um, the advertising is almost like a Google AdSense where they'll just, whatever you're kind of viewing, it looks at your cookie history and it'll show you an ad for that item, the person. Okay. As far as affiliates go, that's a totally separate thing where inside a post, if I'm, I don't know, like I just hiked the Inca trail to Machu Picchu. If I was going to write a post about packing, I would recommend the backpack that I wore or uh, the water bottle I used and people would buy that thing and I would make a basically a commission on that. So that's another way. But, but then you have I to set that up first. You set you that do it. Um you apply to be an affiliate, but you can there's a million right. of them. And right. it's very simple. Um and then when you write each post I insert, you know, what I recommend. But I try right. to be very authentic about it. I want I don't yeah. want to recommend something yeah. that sucks. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So yeah, that's another avenue. And then I get paid to travel, you know, to mm -hmm. uh, a per diem per day and, you know, to, mm -hmm. to promote. Uh, and to write. That's awesome. Yeah. But how did yeah. you learn to do that though? How did you? I don't know. <laughs> YouTube. YouTube. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. There was something about it that I was very passionate when I started the blog. Um, I just, I don't know. I just wanted all the information. So I read a lot and I watched a lot of YouTube videos and I keep up with all that. So that's kind of how I learned. Mm -hmm. And I learned what worked for me and what didn't. I learned how to SEO a post correctly, mm -hmm. um, you know, what was gaining traction and what wasn't. And so that's just, I don't know. And the, the blog started with, did it start with the Argus Courier or was it? No, I had my blog before the Argus Courier and then they had asked me to have a blog there. So I was doing both for a little while. And at that time, they, it was great to have them because they had a bigger following than me. 
when I first okay. started. Mm -hmm. um, so it was good to have that on my resume when I was pitching people or whatever. Um, but then once that changed and flipped, then I stopped doing that. Okay. And then, and then, so what's the day you decide that you're going to do a book and it's, Oh, okay. Well, writing a book had always been on my bucket list. It's on a lot of people's. But, but you knew it was, was going to be, was it just write a book or was it specifically write a book about your bucket list journeys? It was to write a book. And then there was one to write a cookbook, which I haven't done, but write a book. Um, oh, but, you can talk to Sandra about that one. I so. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a, uh, a publisher, he contacted me and he wanted to have a book written about bucket lists. I'm like, hell, I'm your girl. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he said, he asked me to write a pitch for him um, of what it would be. And he had some ideas too. And yeah. And then probably about two weeks later, he contacted me and said, here, we'd like to offer you a book deal. And you got seven months to write it. That's awesome. Yeah. It was the hardest yeah. thing I ever did. I know. So hard. I know. Yeah. Well, you have a very good um, printer. Um, publisher in Petaluma, and that is Cameron Books. Oh, yeah, Chris Gruner oh. and Nina—they're yeah. amazing. And um, yeah, they Our love. Book number two. <laughs> no, seriously, they um, really, really creative and some beautiful things. Um, I haven't worked with them on that level, but I have some of the books they've done, and they're stunning. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm happy to. You yeah, know, I'll send you an email. Yeah, Nanette, for the for the cookbook, did you want to do it based around the restaurant Sugo, or was it just? I wanted to do yeah, I wanted to do a Sugo one um, for sure, and then I wouldn't mind doing a bucket list cookbook too, mm -hmm. like a uh, I don't know dishes that you have to make at least once in your life or something like that. Mm -hmm. What I is, don't have that time. I don't have time. I, seriously, <laughs> what is your what is this a WordPress or a? Yeah. So a you're doing it. So you're doing it. The technical. Yeah. 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 Wow. WordPress. The theme I bought um, because it, you can customize it a lot more. So. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I started with a freebie one though. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You have to start. Can and start then, somewhere. It's like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then do you shoot with your phone or a camera or both? Um, both. So I do a lot of iPhone stuff and I also have a Canon 60 mm -hmm. that I shoot with a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like photography too. So that's probably helps with the Instagram. You know, I do like it and I, I like to edit the photos and take them in Lightroom and put my filter on them. You know, I like, I like that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. A little bit creative. Kind of like cooking, right? It's like, it's creative. I just love your color choices. And, Thank you. Uh, and they're, I mean, really, really well done. Really Thank impressed. You. I appreciate that. No, it's, it's stunning. It's stunning. Yeah, I've, I don't think you guys have ever met before, right? No. No, Because I, I know so. Annette and Peter like to come in and sit at your bar. All the time. I need to. I'm so embarrassed that I haven't been to your no, place. No, don't. No worries. I, no, I will be there when this is all over. I can't wait. Yeah. We always um, get a bowl of mussels. Oh, <laughs> oh darn. I'm so desperate right now. And are you guys, Annette, are you and Peter like that? When you go to a restaurant, do you prefer to sit at the bar rather than always. at a table? 
Oh, we, we always yeah. say, okay, I don't want to, I mean, but we say the funnest people always sit at the bar. <laughs> we love the people, you know, um, yeah, so we always sit at a bar. We like to be social, and I don't know, we like to see what's going on and how they're working back there. <laughs> where, where did you guys meet? Um, we met at McNear's in Petaluma. Oh <laughs> we yeah, we were standing in line, and he was standing with a guy that I knew, um, and that was, gosh. 25 years, wow. 26 years ago. We've been married 22 years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So weirdest stuff you've ever ate through your travels. Oh, good. Oh, God. Uh, guinea pig when I was in Cusco. What? I just had that. Um, Wait, how do, they, how do they how do they cook they that? Taste like? <laughs> they, <laughs> okay, well, that was, they deep fried it. So, I mean, you can pretty much deep fry anything, right? Yeah. You can deep fry yeah. tarantula. It tastes fine. Yeah. So I've eaten all the bugs. Um, in Vietnam, I had worm patties. Now that was weird because the worms were sitting right next to it and they were all alive. And then they mix it with like this ground meat and they just cook it up in front of you for a dollar. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that stuff. I can't. When I was in Mexico City not that long ago, um, I went to a lot of places that just would, you know, make you stuff. And they like, what do you like? We're going to send it. And I'm like, no tripe, no bugs, and no something else. No like, brains. No brain. No, I'm like, oh yeah, no brains, no brains. And um, yeah, so a lot of dishes were definitely different from when they were how they were supposed to be served. I could yeah. tell there were elements missing. I just, I don't know. I can't do it for yeah. whatever reason. I I have FOMO, so I have fear of missing out. So I'm gonna try it all, even oh if I hate it. Like I had brains. Brains are terrible. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> but I tried it. Then I was done. Uh -huh. uh. Yeah. So. so and what was on your like? Did you have stuff that was planned for right now? Did you guys? Can you guys still hear me? Oh, there we go. Yes. yes. Did you have? Um, so are you supposed no, to be traveling was, right now? I am supposed to be traveling um, at the beginning of next month, but they have canceled that. Um, I have uh, campaigns that I have three campaigns at the moment that I have been working on and um, they have, can they haven't canceled. They postponed them all. Mm -hmm. So all the campaigns, my Portugal campaign, I have uh, Maine and all these things. I'm just holding on to all the content for that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I was supposed to be going to Yellowstone in Wyoming and doing a road trip. Oh. I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You guys, I'm going to have to switch headphones because mine are, um, my battery's dying. Can you still hear me right now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so give me one sec. I'm going to have to switch off. Hold on. Okay, hey. we'll wait for you. <laughs> we'll wait. We have, we got nowhere to go. <laughs> right, we're going to continue on. Um, we'll be right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, oh, I just, yeah, I, I can't, I can't imagine how you do all this. I really don't. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's a lot. Like, because technically I'm running two businesses at the moment. I'm running really? a restaurant and this um blog is a full-time business in itself too yeah. um yeah. i love both of them so for me i don't know it's what i do i wake up i go to the restaurant then i come home and i work on this and i, I don't know yeah it enter, it <laughs> if you love it it makes it so much easier <laughs> right. right they say if you love what you do it's not a job yeah i know yeah brian That's is your true. cat right behind you yeah. yeah. Well, one of them. Aww. One of them. Yeah. No, it was like poking its head up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, That's, I think uh, it's yeah, it's really cool. 
And do you have um, do you have any employees that work for you for the blog or for the travel? Yeah, um, all freelancers. So uh -huh. I have three writers and an assistant. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so I how need does that them. work? Do you I need them, them a bunch of notes and they write? Yeah. So I'll have an idea for a story. Um, I'll give them all the bullet points and I'll have them write. They do a lot of the research part of it, you know, making right. sure the facts are right and they'll write me something. And then I'll go in after and add my personal experience to it. Right. That's typically uh -huh. how it works. Sometimes I'll send them my notes that I've taken on a trip and then have them try to formulate something, but it never right. works out. Right. Yeah. So, that's very yeah. cool yeah wow all right so i need to know top five next things that are on your bucket list that you're oh and, uh, and, and things okay. that maybe you're still a little bit afraid of uh, i'm afraid of still a lot <laughs> <So> <laughs> um but one of the things well, I've, I've been wanting to go to antarctica for a long why <laughs> they have penguins um, so yeah, so I want to do that. I want to trek with the gorillas in Rwanda. Um, I had a friend. Wait, 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 wait. What does that mean, trek with the gorillas? Not with them. You go trekking to find them. <laughs> okay. Um, to see where they're at. You know, yeah, they're not, you're not. And you just kind of stay back and <laughs> Yes, and you stay back. Oh, yeah, if you're smart, you stay back, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I'm trying to learn Spanish. That's on my bucket list. Wait a minute. Growing up in Sonoma County, going, what did you take Spanish in school? Yes. Okay, like all of us, you yeah. learned yeah. basically nothing. Do you know Spanish? I mean, Espanol. working in restaurant, I have restaurant Spanish, I would I say. I have restaurant, yeah, very yeah. limited yeah. restaurant Spanish, so yeah. I'm, I'm trying to learn Spanish. Um, well, because when you're traveling, are you, for the most part, running across people that speak English, or are you hiring a translator? Um, most countries these days, unless you're in a little village or something, they speak English, you know, it's, it's very rare yeah. if you're in a big city that it's not, hasn't been adapted in that way. Uh, right. that's why I love Japan so much because Japan still is so rich in their traditions and it's hard. You need a translator there. It's hard to get around and stuff. So I love countries like that. Um, so most of the time they speak English. Most of the time when I'm working with somebody, I am given a guide, um, and a translator at the, yeah. So okay. Yeah, like it, someone makes it, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what else going with the gorillas? <laughs> going with the gorillas. I want to um, herd cattle, you know, like. <laughs> you can do that in Petaluma, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You know, I wanted to, um, it had been on my bucket list for so long to milk a cow. Okay. I've never, by hand, not with a machine or whatever. Right. And I was yeah. doing, I was in France, you know, Comte Cheese, their big oh. cheese company. So I was doing yeah. a tour with them. And it was amazing. We went to all the farmers um, and we went to restaurants that were serving the cheese. But one of the farmers let me milk. He, it was a Comte cow. Oh, so he let me milk good. the cow. That's awesome. It like made me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, animals and Weird. food. Weird. Animals and food. I know. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. There's yeah. lots of stuff. Okay. This is so great. <laughs> all right. Well, Sandra, let's give out all the contact information for you, Annette. So if people want to reach out to you and um, get the book, number one, or um, go on to the blog, um, 
what what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? I think the best way is to go to bucketlistjourney.net or just Google Bucketlist Journey because from the blog, all the social media accounts are linked to it. Um, the book is there. You can go on Amazon from there. Um, and then if you're in Petaluma, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not going to be, but if you are at some point when this all reopens, Sugo yeah. Trattoria. Right. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And who, Annette, who does all the recipes for the restaurant? When you took it over from your mom, did it have a pretty much set menu that you guys have carried on or you're continually mm, tweaking it? We're always tweaking it. We've kept some of the um, more traditional dishes like the way my grandma made tiramisu. We didn't change things like that. Um, but my husband and I both our chefs, so we love to cook and create. So we have fine-tuned it, we create all the menu items, all the new ones, all the specials, everything, yeah. Now, the what you put on your pasta, do you call it sauce or gravy? <laughs> we call it sauce. Okay. <laughs> no, the name is Sugo, and Sugo means gravy, so. Okay, I just think, yeah. I think that's funny, Italian-Americans, a lot of times, it's, they're putting the gravy right. on, and I'm like, for yeah. us, for us white people growing up, gravy is is a brown thing that you put on turkey. It's not. It's almost it's like not you call it like do you call it bruschetta or bruschetta? We always get right. that. Like if you say right. bruschetta, there people are like you're pronouncing it wrong, and we're like, no, that's what right. they say it in Italy. But right. <laughs> and then who does the wine tasting for the restaurant? Mostly Pete. And hey, I love wine, so don't get me wrong. I'm a good drinker. Right. Yeah. Um, but he takes care of the wine list, and so he does all the tasting. You know. I, okay. I just, he tells me what I'm going to like, and then I just drink it, and we bring it. And you guys have a good mix of Italian and, and local? A good mix of Italian and local. That's all we do is Italian and local. It's funny, we've been, we've been going through our um, little wine, I call it a cellar, but it's really not, uh, at home, <laughs> and drinking all the oldest bottles. We're like, yeah. what do we have that's well, old? <laughs> yeah. So well. it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, are I, you always adding to your list? Yeah, to my bucket list? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm always, if I see something that's cool or hear about it, I will add it, yes, definitely. I'm not then, one who says, there's my list, and once it's done, it's done, no. But then you have to renumber everything? Well, it's, um, it's on <laughs> a, like, yeah, it's on a little window now, yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man, it's so fabulous. I don't know. Like, I hope you, I hope you do every single one of these things. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. I always tell, I, this is very morbid, but I'm going to say it anyway. But I always tell my husband and, and that when I pass away, um, I don't want like a funeral or anything. I want everybody to go to my bucket list online and complete everything that I haven't done. So everybody. Oh, that's awesome. Choose one item that they want to do. And I think that would be really cool. A tribute that's, to Annette. Yes. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that would be you awesome. should write a post about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's yeah, good. So I should. There. <laughs> oh, well, so nice to virtually meet you. I know. It's nice yeah. to see you. Yeah, sure you I'll too. see you at the restaurant. I'm going to follow you, follow along. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, good to catch up, Annette. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for yeah. the time. Really it's, appreciate it. It's so fun. No problem. It was yeah. really fun. <laughs> yeah. Broke up my day from sitting at home all day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We, have, we have nowhere yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and you said you did a you had a virtual cocktail party last night. Yeah, um, with some friends who we haven't been able to see each other. Um, so yeah, it was fun. And we played. What did we play? We we did bingo too. 
like uh -huh. <laughs> they would yeah we all got cards and yeah it was fun so we're, she says she can do cards against humanity online somehow so we're going to try and do that this week but we'll see wow. like yeah. yeah, gotta be creative these days. I know <laughs> Maria just had a girls' night out thing. She's like, "Will you schedule me a meeting for a girls' night out?" And Abby and I were like, "What are you guys gonna do?" She's like, "Just, just all old friends. We're just gonna get together and hang out and talk." <laughs> yeah, and drink. I mean, really, if you have wine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. All right. Well, if you want to go to um, um, see some of our past episodes, you can go to thebikegoeson.com. You can also hit us up at radiomisfits.com and check out some of our past episodes. Sandra, anything you want to get out there for people? Um, I want people to stay safe. And if by the time this airs, you're still sheltering in place, um, you know, take a deep breath and know that we're all in it together and just be smart and safe and, um, you know, keep your chin up. I, I am waiting for myself to go a little crazy. I mean, I have my good days and my bad. So if you're having good days and bad days, we probably all are. We're, you know, yeah. just doing it. So I guess, um, you know, gratitude for everything you know could be worse so yeah. grateful sure. grateful to all the healthcare yeah. workers especially i mean right. how they're putting themselves in this is beyond me yeah yeah and big support for the restaurant workers out there yeah. um, if you do live here locally you could still go out and see mark malicki out at the casino bar and grill he is offering free meals for anyone that has been yeah. um, um that is out of work that is a restaurant worker uh, annette i don't know if you've ever been out there um, to Bodega. He, it's a chef that's only out there, I think, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You should get him on the show. I think that would be great. And I mean, he does everything by hand. We, we had John Ash on the show, um, I don't know, a year ago or something. And we, we asked him if you could go one place out to dinner, where would you go? And, and he said, Oh, I'd go see Mark out at the casino bar and grill. It's, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, um, nice. But I know he's doing good work right now. So big, big shout out to him. And, um, um, support your restaurant people when we finally get back to work. Um, yeah. uh, it was it was weird seeing the um, 60 Minutes on Sunday about the, the restaurant community in New York. Um, it's a lot of people. A lot of people um, yeah. were yeah. sort of in a unique situation. And, and for you owners, I mean, it's hard enough to run a restaurant. Um, <laughs> normally, right? Normally, under, yeah. under um, good circumstances. So kudos to you, Annette, for you and Peter for yeah. making it happen and, and for taking yeah. care of your employees. Yeah. And um, yeah. anyone yeah. in Petaluma, I recommend um, getting some of that Sugo food. All right, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. You can leave any comments or questions um, on our Instagram at Bike Talk or um, um, hit us up at thebikegoeson.com. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. All right, thank you.